0: Well, it's good to see you. Uh, my name is Steve Garrett. I'm the pastor of worship and creative arts here at Victory, and it's such an honor to be a part of this team. But it's also a joy of mine to kick off this new series, The Empowered Church. And, and um, I want to open with a couple of scripture texts, and then let's pray and dive in, okay? Are you ready? And welcome to everybody who's also joining us online. Romans 6.13 says this, do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. And then another familiar passage from Romans chapter 12, it says this, therefore I urge you, brethren, Paul writes, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, the awesomeness of your word, and we pray that you would speak to us right now. To every person that's watching online, to every person that's here in this room with us, we ask that you would um, give us today daily bread, that you would speak to us, and help us to understand what it means to be people who are empowered by your Spirit and called by your name. And we pray, Lord, that you will transform us as we open our hearts to what you want to say in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said amen Amen and amen. All right, so I want to ask you a question to start off. Uh, What do you think of when you hear this word? We say it a lot around here. Uh, What do you think of when you hear the word Worship. Just take a moment. I love this. Thank you. Somebody's ready to be interactive, which is great. But you know, just think about that for a minute. Yes, thank you. I'm glad you said that. Somebody said praise, which is great. You might think of praise. You might think of loving and honoring God with your heart. You might think of, my second one was praise. You already got it, that one. You might think of worship music. We like to do that around here. We like to sing songs and, and play before the Lord. You know, I, I, As a worship pastor, you know I love doing that. You might think of the songs that we sing about God and the songs that we sing to God. You might, think of, you might think of something different. You might think of your quiet time with God. Does anybody like your quiet time with the Lord? Where you're just spending time in the word and you're reflecting on his goodness and you're, you're responding with your heart. And, and, and how many of you ever had some awesome encounters with God in those moments? You might think of that when you think of worship. You might think of the, the musical portion. We talked about this before um, uh, of our weekend services, you know, where uh, everybody gathers together and we're singing and shouting and clapping, and if it really gets rowdy in here, we might do a little bit of dancing. Ah, we might think of, uh, you might think of, uh, some of you, this is if you're really, if you're really into worship and praise, some of you, how many of you have ever had a praise party in your car? Like, you, you, don't, you don't mind taking church I- into the car. How many has that time? And it doesn't stop when you stop. Like, you don't care what people Think of you at the stoplight, you might be just getting your praise on. Have you ever had that happen to you? And then, of course, there are other people that probably need to do that because that's the one place where it seems like you lose your salvation. <laughs> yeah, I let the conviction fall. I remember driving down the street one time and I was literally on the highway and I was passing a car and I, haven't seen, I hadn't seen this for, this might be the only time I've ever actually seen that bumper sticker, honk if you love Jesus. But I actually saw it on this guy's car. I was like, this is awesome. I speed up, and I start driving past the guy. I look over. He literally looks like the grumpy old man from that movie Up, but he looks like he's driving away from a crime scene. It was scary, man. Now, he might be the nicest guy, but I'm just telling you, sometimes what we, what we, what we look like and how we present ourselves maybe doesn't match up to what we do. But you might think of that. But so anyway, praise you might think of any of those things. And if you did, you're thinking... Correctly, worship is really uh, is is those things. It looks like that. In fact, there is a a word uh, to get jump right into a Greek lesson. Ready? There is there is a common word in Scripture, a Greek word, and it's and it's a comparable counterpart word in Hebrew, which actually means to bow down, to come before God in worship, to kiss towards, to show reverence and honor and homage to God. That is a, so that's, that's a great way to think of worship. It includes all of those things. But how many of you, when I say the word worship, how many of you thought of joyfully doing the dinner dishes after you had a long day's work? How many of you thought of of uh, Helping your neighbor move on a Saturday when you'd rather sleep in? How many of you thought of worship as caring for crying babies in the nursery during the second service on the second Sunday of the month? Oh boy, he's messing with me now, right? How many of you thought of working faithfully and with excellence, even though your boss really treats you like dirt? And maybe you got passed over for a promotion. How many of you thought about the way that you steward your finances or the way that you steward your relationships? Did you know that that's worship too? That can be. Because really the fact is you, you might be saying well there is a, there's a Greek word for that and a Hebrew words for that as well and there's, that word actually means to serve and, and translators also translate that in certain portions of scripture as worship which is really cool. Uh, to serve, to render religious homage, to render service to God. And so you might be saying, okay, wait, so Steve, is worship internal or is it external? Yes. Is it singing or is it service? Yes. It's both. And it's really important that we get a hold of this because the fact is, is that it's easy to say those things. It's easy to even understand that because you know, I might be saying this stuff and you say, well, I know that. I really do know that. I've been in church long enough and following Jesus long enough that I, I know that, that worship is you know, what I do with my heart. It's an internal life, and, but it's also, it requires, it requires me to live that out in, in a life of service. But it's a, another thing to do it, right? It's quite another thing to do it. And so the challenge here as we think about the empowered church, is that you have literally been empowered to be a worshiper who worships in spirit and in truth. You've been called to be that type of person, you and me. And, um, and so I, I wanna just give us a few cautions because here's the hard stuff, uh, here's a few things. I wanna mention four, four things that could undermine your spiritual service of worship. Now, I use that phrase really, really uh, as a key phrase that I want you to get a hold of. Say it with me, spiritual service of worship. Now, I love the way that the New American Standard translates this. If you read Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 1, some, some translations, even the King James, it says that, that as you present yourself as a body, your body is a living sacrifice to God. It is your reasonable act of service, it might say. And so once again, that's a good translation because it does, it does mean service, but almost every other translator translates it as an act of worship or a spiritual service of worship, which I think is a great way to think of Wow, my service is spiritual. That word logikon, which actually means, there's another, that, that, that was the same, similar phrase that, that, that John in chapter one uses to refer to the word. In the beginning was the what? The logos. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. So think about this, that your, that your service can actually be a Christ-like act of worship to God. And so, once again, we should be careful of the things that would undermine that type of approach to our life and to our life of service, right? Here's some things that can undermine your spiritual service of worship, the way the Romans chapter 12, verse one says. Number one is a rigid, sacred, secular mindset. What do I mean by that? Well, we're really good at com- compartmentalizing, aren't we? Well, Listen, this is what I do for Jesus, and this is what I do, but you know, right over here now, you know, that, that, that's different, I have to go to a job and everybody's rough and tumble, you know, I gotta be that way, I, you know, whatever it is. We're good at compartmentalizing, but you know what? Instead, we should be sacralizing. In other words, we should be treating more and more things in our lives as sacred space. Why? Because you have been set apart for God. And you carry in yourself You have the indwelling Spirit of God. What is the name of the third person of the Trinity? The Holy Spirit. Let me emphasize holy for just a minute. What do you think the Holy Spirit wants to do with you? He wants to make you holy. And that means that he begins to transform every part of your life. You see, the Christian life involves a process of sanctification where you're being made holy, and when we cooperate with the Holy Spirit and we learn to obey his word, the Bible... Uh, and we stay committed to be a part of the body of Christ, which is the church, what happens is that we start to realize that Jesus becomes Lord of all. How many of you want more and more of your life to become sacred space, where the worship of God takes place through your serving, through your work? That beca- that's awesome. But you've got to be careful. Don't compartmentalize. Sacralize, all right? All right. The second thing that might fight against your, your spiritual service of worship is pursuing limited actions rather than a lifelong habits. <laughs> Have you ever heard that phrase that if you sow a thought, or s- sow a thought, you reap an action? And if you sow an action, you reap a habit? And if you sow a habit, you'll reap a lifestyle? Did you know it starts right here? I want to think about what I do with my hands as something that I want to sow for God's purposes. You know, this works in the reverse too. If you sow negative things, you're going to reap negative things, right? If you sow sin, you're gonna reap a harvest of sin that's gonna affect your whole life. But God is really calling us, I believe, to pursue not limited actions, but a lifestyle or lifelong habits of worship to him in every part of our lives. You know, want to think about sowing a thought, Or what do I do with thoughts? Uh, Some thoughts are from the Lord, and how many of you know some thoughts are not? They can be from the enemy. They can be from our own unsubmitted, unsurrendered selves, our own selfishness. And you know, uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, he says, take every thought what? Captive. Every thought captive. I like take it, and I say, no, you're an intruder. Get out of here, right? right. Uh, Take every thought captive. And then we're supposed to daily... Engage in self-denial, daily dying, so to speak, bearing your cross, daily following Jesus, as he says in Luke chapter nine, verse 23. Okay, and then for all you competitive types out there, uh, just in case you were wondering, okay, here's a couple for you. Uh, in response for all that he has done for us, let us outdo each other, being helpful and kind to each other in doing good. That's Hebrews 10, 24 outdo each other. Some say outdo each other. You know, so, so once again, I, I'm, I'm working at, at, at putting this into practice in my life. Here's another one, ready? Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another, there's that word again, in showing honor. You see, what happens is that when I start to put this stuff in practice, I am starting to form a lifestyle that pleases God in my serving. The third thing that can undermine your spiritual service of worship is, this is a big one, selfishness. Because selfish is easy, selfless is hard. How many of you would agree? Selfish is easy, selfless is hard. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you've been empowered to do the hard thing. One way leads to self-glory, the other leads to God's glory. you got to choose wisely because there are eternal consequences. Selfish ambition and worldly success, which, by the way, usually includes money, sex, and power, and pride. Right? These are very real temptations for everyone. And the devil knows it, and he preys on our weaknesses. He preys on us when we are tired. It is a very real thing. And I'm so grateful that when we read Scripture, Jesus, fully God but fully human... wonderful mystery the word took on flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory right jesus experienced a very real temptation in fact in in luke chapter 4 the second temptation that jesus experienced in the wilderness after he had fasted and was weak physically weak and tired the satan comes to him and you remember the story Satan comes to him, and and, and the first thing he says is, you know, if you're the son of God, why don't you turn this stone into bread, right? And Jesus says, hey, it's written, you know, get away from me. It's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by by every word that proceeds out of mouth of God. But let's go on um, and read the next section uh, from Luke chapter 4, verse 5. And the devil led him up to a high place, And showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want. If you what? Worship me. It will all be yours. Jesus answered and he said, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. I love this. In one moment, Jesus quoting from from Deuteronomy 6.13, links worship and service and when you get that right man that becomes a dangerous combination for overcoming the enemy in your life come on and uh and 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 being able to let the kingdom of god break through you know because the fact is you have to decide who you're going to serve not just with your heart but with every part of your life otherwise you are definitely prey to the enemy i don't know if you remember this song uh, I was very young, I guess, when this song came out. But in 1979, Bob Dylan wrote a song called "You Gotta Serve Somebody." Do anybody remember that song? One of the lyrics goes like this: He says, "You may, you, it may be the devil, it may be the Lord, but you gotta serve somebody." And it is true. You're going to serve somebody. And you might say, "Well, I don't believe." You know, maybe, maybe you're sitting here, you don't know Jesus, but you also don't worship Satan, or at least you don't think that you're following him. You think, "Well." You know, the devil's fine with that, by the way, if you don't believe in him. (laughs) He's still got you. Because the fact is, the only way to live a selfless life is to allow Jesus to come and transform you from the inside out. Number four, the fourth thing that fights against our, our, our worship, our spiritual service of worship to God, is doing good things for the wrong reason and the wrong attitude. You might say, well, listen, I'm serving God. But if you're not doing it, if you're doing it for the wrong reason and with the wrong attitude, look out. I think of uh, one of my favorite passages in in, in, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, where where Paul waxes eloquent by the Spirit of God and he talks about all these beautiful characteristics of love. But what does he say? If you have all the the wisdom and the knowledge and you speak with the tongues of men and angels, but you have not love, what is it like? It's just a noisy gong. It's nothing. It is as if you did nothing is one way you could almost translate that Greek. It's as if you did nothing. Wow. It's sobering, right? And so having a good attitude is so important. Colossians 3.17 says, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Philippians 2 says this, do nothing out of selfish ambition and vain conceit. Why would he tell us that? Because it's very easy to do, isn't it? Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking for your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Or 1 Corinthians 15, the last part, 58. I love this in the message. That paraphrase, it says this, don't hold back Throw yourselves into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. The way that I memorize this is in light of the resurrection, he says, you know, be fervent and diligent, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Whatever you do for the Lord is not in vain. I have to then think about what I do with my hands and what I do as an act of worship to God, which means it can, I have to be rid of all selfish ambition. And I have to do it with an attitude. Psalm 100 says this, serve the Lord with what? Gladness. Wow. What would happen if we began to live that way? Right? And so here's a summary for you three-pointers. Are you ready? I'm going to change it up a little bit just so you can kind of have some takeaways. Um, uh, One is, uh, if you want to Live a life that is, um, exemplifies a spiritual service of worship. Uh, learn how to worship while you work. i yeah. did a little twist on whistle while you work if you, anybody who ever watched that old uh, Disney. <laughs> hey, man, worship while you work. Think of your work as worship. What happens is going to transform your life. Worship while you work. Number two, number two, embrace the oxymoron. You look at somebody next to you and say, you're such an oxymoron. Come on. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, in other words, living sacrifice. What does it really mean to be a living sacrifice? That seems like it is an oxymoron. How can I be a sacrifice because a sacrifice, at least when we look all the scripture, a sacrifice was dead and burned up. But you're supposed to be a living sacrifice. I think of Galatians 2:20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless what? I live and that life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So this is, these are the ways. We're living that out. I'm living a life of sacrifice. I embrace this oxymoron to be a living sacrifice where um, uh, that's, how I grow in, that's how I grow in my worship. It's also how you grow in your faith. Jesus you know, tells this story of the of servant who comes in uh, after working all day. And he doesn't sit down and say, now um, you know, feed me. It's time to eat. The master expects him to then prepare a meal for him. And uh, he doesn't get congratulated for it. He just was doing his duty. How many of you have thought about your life and what you do as just an act of service to the Lord? It's my duty. It's a part of your calling to be a believer as a believer in following Jesus. It's your duty. The blessings will come, but we need to cultivate a sense of duty. And Jesus, by the way, in the context said that's how you grow in faith. And then the third point, worship all your work, embrace the oxymoron, and number, number three, you can't skip the foot washing service. What do what I mean by that? Um, you know, if you read, you know, the story of Jesus washing his disciples' feet, Jesus said, you have to follow my example and be a servant of all. You have to do this, and you will be blessed. And so you can't pass on that. I have to live a life that's sacrificial. And here's the thing, a couple of last questions for you. Who do you serve, or why do you serve, why do you serve? So as you heard my message, I have a feeling that you have some things you could write on our wall out there. You might have seen that, that wall, the, the uh, empowered wall out there. And the question for people to answer on that wall is, why do you serve? Why do you serve? What, what, what is it? And um, I hope that you're able to answer that now with, a, with an informed uh, and a, maybe a renewed heart. But I encourage you to check out that wall. And maybe you want to write a word of thanks as well to those who also serve here, maybe. But, but just let the Lord speak to you as you go check out that out in the lobby. So why do you serve? The, third, the second question is, who do you serve? And by the way, everything, now we know, as we've heard this sermon, everything we do is to be for the glory of God. So ultimately and, and overall, we serve God. But there's a couple other things. The implications of serving God means that we also are called to serve the church and the world. You know, Paul says this, he says, do good to the house, those of the household of faith, especially those, do good to all, but especially to those of the household of faith. You, are actually, you and I are called to serve. In fact, the three places where Paul talks about the gifts, he actually talks about the body. We're all connected. And we're supposed to work together and bring your service to the Lord. You're serving God's purposes. You're serving God when you're serving his body. And so that's a place where we're called to serve. But then also, you're supposed to serve the world. We're supposed to love and serve the world by the way that we love each other and doing good out there. And a lot of times you hear us say, the next act of worship, your next act of worship, and then sometimes we'll go into the, the, the tithes and offerings, even after we've done the musical worship, right? Because your next act of worship is also that. But you know what? You then being attentive to the word is also an act of worship. And then maybe the next service you go out and you serve in maybe some other area of ministry, that's an act of worship. And then when you go out the door and you go to work on on Monday morning, what do you think that might be? An act of worship, come on. I hear one person, I'm preaching to them. All right. Well, my invitation to you, if you're here listening to this message or whether you're online, is is, um, who do you serve? Jesus said, when he was washing his disciples' feet, he said to Peter, he said, if I don't wash you, you are not clean. And you know, the thing is, before you even understand fully what it means to serve, you have to allow Jesus to serve you. And the way that he did that, he said, I have come to give myself as a ransom for many. The Son of Man has come not to be served, but to serve. And what Jesus did is he died on the cross for your sin and for mine, and Very simply, in Romans chapter 10, it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And I just encourage you to respond to Jesus and commit your life to the one who loves you and made you and redeemed you by his own blood. And if that's you and you want to say yes to Jesus, I just want to pray with you and encourage you to pray this after me. Lord, thank you for loving me I know that I am in, I'm selfish, I'm a sinner, and that I have no way of being free of that apart from your grace. And thank you that you came and lived a perfect, sinless life, that you died on the cross on my behalf and in my place, and that you took my sin, and I confess my sin to you now, and I confess you as Lord and Savior. Would you come into my life, forgive me, cleanse me, and make me a new person? so that I can live for you and receive the empowerment by your spirit to serve you and worship you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, we're going to give you some more instructions on next steps to really follow Jesus um, as you've made that decision. If you have, please talk to us. We want to hear about that. Send us a a, a note online. Uh, Come see me or any of our pastoral team after the service. I want to close... uh, with communion and if you have your elements go ahead and take those in your hand and let's reflect just a moment longer on the sacrifice of Jesus and the example that he has given to us as his people go ahead and take the bread in your hands and let's say thank you to the Lord thank you Thank you, God, for your great love for us, demonstrated in Jesus. And we think of what Jesus said, this is my body which is broken for you. Lord, once again, we thank you and we receive the continued work. Not only thank you for the work that you have done in saving us, but thank you for the continued work of sanctifying us and setting us apart for your purposes. And we pray that you would heal any and every broken area of our lives that is disconnected from you, so that in every way, in thought, in word, and in deed, that we would live as people who are dedicated to serving you all the days of our life for your glory. Thank you for the bread and your body, which is broken for us. In Jesus' name, let's receive together. And Lord, we do pray that as we hold this cup, that you would cleanse us from any attitudes or behavior that displeases you. Can you just ask the Lord, cleanse me from all unrighteousness, God. Thank you that your blood washes us clean and help us to turn away from everything that does not glorify you. We say we're yours and we thank you that the blood of Jesus has made us set apart to your purpose in Jesus' name. We receive your forgiveness and your healing and your strength to be the people of God empowered by your spirit in Jesus' name. Let's receive the bread, the cup together. Thank you, Lord. You can just take a moment and say thank you, God. Thank you, God. Well, I want to close with a benediction. And um, it's from 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Because God is working in you. Be excited. Be joyful. Uh, Expectant that God is working in you, empowering you to do more than you could ever ask or think. But here's what 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you.